to play We play to win We try and try We won't say die We won't give in We're number one We'll hold the line We won't step back We'll just attack time after time We're lightning fast We'll drive like rain We won't be beat We won't retreat Ice in our veins We are the storm from Melbourne Town will blow the others off the ground We are the storm and we're number one We are the Storm and we're number one. Welcome to Stormcast, the official Melbourne Storm podcast, episode 17. As always, a quick shout out to those of you who are supporting the podcast. It is greatly appreciated by downloading and subscribing to Stormcast with Gobs, the one and only Melbourne Storm podcast. Stormcast is your one-stop shop for discussing all things Melbourne Storm uh, it is available uh, via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. So just type in search Stormcast with Gobs and you'll see it there. So give it a like, give it a follow, give it a review. Any feedback is welcome, um, which will improve the podcast. So, uh, yeah, do your very best in that regard. I'm your host, Gobs, as always, and I'll be bringing you the latest news, views, and Storm content over the 2023 season. Now, let's get on with the podcast, shall we? Good on the right. Meany chips, chases. There was no one at the back, and Meany with wonderful vision. What a good try. It's about as exciting as it got for Melbourne Storm fans last Sunday, unfortunately, uh, on the back of a very, very, very disappointing loss to the Cowboys, going down 45-20. to 20. Um, It just seemed like a situation where the Storm just did not turn up, and I know that's a bit of a cop-out, and it is a cop-out because at the end of the day, you pack your attitude You've got your job, and they didn't turn. They they literally did not turn up at all. It was terrible. Forty nine missed tackles. Defense was just no defensive attitude, no defensive application, no willingness to roll the sleeves up and get involved into the grind like we've seen in previous incarnations of storm teams of the past. So that I suppose that's the most disappointing thing too, is that you can cop losing but you can't cop losing to the magnitude of that scoreline, and that scoreline reflects a whole lot of issues in and around effort, which, again, we've already seen Craig Bellamy twice this year call out the storm in terms of their effort. He's questioned their their, their care and their love uh, for the club and the jersey. Um, and, again, now we've... Virtually had Belliac come out and call it putrid. So that's a quite a very strong adjective to describe the performance. Um, I'm sure he probably would have liked to have described it with a few more, uh, few more choice words, potentially in and around uh, the profanities, which we're, we're well accustomed to seeing Belliac blow up in the box. But, yeah, it was a horrible, horrible afternoon. As I said, it was a 
uh, a terrible game defensively. There was a couple of different things that I picked up during the game, um, specifically in defence. You can always tell when the Storm are on um, and the line speed is consistent. The the up and in defence is rushing, which really, really takes down the, the time of the creatives of the opposition, so the one six seven nine, um, and it stifles the opposition shape, and that wasn't visible um, against the Cowboys last Sunday. Um, if you go back and you watch the game, it was a retreating defence. Now, what I mean by retreating defence is that whenever the defensive line is actually backtracking rather than moving forward, and there's instances, especially on that right edge, and Jerome Hughes was one of the major culprits. He was found wanting. He was literally just basically retreating by himself, which if you've got a defensive line, and so, for example, you've got your winger, your two-man, your three-man, and your four-man, Jerome Hughes is defending at three-man, so three in from the winger. And if he starts to retreat, meaning going backwards and leaves a staggered line instead of a straight line or a uniform line, then all of a sudden that allows an opportunity for the attacking players in the opposition through their shape to exploit. And that that happened time and time again. Valentine Holmes just had an absolute field day on that left edge for the Cowboys. And, yeah, it was... Again, I I talk about defensive application. There There was none. There was... There was no willingness, and it, it, it looked like the body language as well. They All they wanted to do was virtually have the ball and try and outscore the Cowboys as opposed to getting into that grind. Uh, and don't get me wrong, I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from the Cowboys. They were absolutely sensational. It was probably their best performance of the year. But in saying that, you can only play what's in front of you, and the Storm, the storm were rubbish, um, which pains me to say. Um, but you've got to call it how you see it, and that's what they were. They were uh, they were very, very ordinary, uh, very, very disappointing display. Um, and I, again, I think that was best summed up in the press conference from Craig Bellamy. Craig, well, I would just, would you start with the second half? It was fourteen all going into the sheds. What, what, what do you think happened? In yeah, the second, second half? half was the same as our first half start. You know, it was putrid to be quite honest. You know, so. You know, our, our defence today was really the disappointing part of it, but our two starts to the halves, well, we were down 10 nil, like after about seven minutes, I think, in the first half, and then they blew us away, you know, at the start of the second half as well, you know, like that's when we should be at our freshest, you know, start of the game, but, you know, we just, like I say, we just don't, don't learn from our mistakes. We went to another level today, but... Um, I'm not quite sure when the penny's going to drop. With hindsight, is there anything you'd change about the way you approach the game? Uh, not at the moment. You know, I might think, think about that tomorrow or whatever, but um, yeah, I, I can't think of any, anything at, at the moment. But, um, you know, it was, it was disappointing. We got what we deserved, to be quite honest. Certainly did. They certainly did. They did get what they deserved. As I said, 49 missed tackles um, and 11 errors as well. So really, really bad afternoon 
in that regard. Um, you look at you look at the completion rate again, and I've banged on about this um, over over the previous podcasts that I've recorded. Is that to be in the game and be able to give yourself an opportunity to win a game of football? You've got to be completing eighty percent or over, um, and twenty five from thirty two. While some people might say, oh, well, that's not too bad. At the end of the day, they had a, a 78% completion rate as opposed to the Cowboys who had 82%. So they were making their opportunities count as well. So uh, 33 from 40 sets um, as opposed to 25 from 32. I mean, that, that goes to show that they obviously had a lot more possession, which, which goes to show that... <coughs> Sorry, frog in my throat. Goes to show that they were completing at a much higher rate. Their errors were a lot less than the Storm. Um, and another thing that has really, really, really concerned me, probably since the retirement of Cooper Cronk and, and, and more so now Cameron Smith, is I actually think the Melbourne Storm kicking game, in general kicking game, is an issue. Um, we don't seem to find space. We don't seem to find uh, or split the fullback and the winger and the pendulum of the opposition. So what I mean by pendulum, you've got your fullback and your two wingers. So usually when you're trying to play field position and build some pressure, you want to be able to try and not give the ball back to the opposition and allow them to start their sets off really well. The Storm, more often than not, are always kicking straight down the throat of the wingers or the fullback of the opposition. So they're starting their sets usually 30, 40 metres out, on, and that's tackle one. So they're getting into good ball area, three tackles or four tackles in, and they're, they're starting to threaten and put a lot of pressure on the, on, on the Storm's goal line as opposed to being tackled on the 50 um, and that's again, that's that's uh, ineffective kicking game. So, just looking at the stats in general, like the Cowboys, the Cowboys had five hundred and twenty-six kicking meters, as opposed to the Stormers' four hundred and ninety-three kicking meters. Now, some people might say, "Oh, well, you know, that's only." less than 100 metres between the two of them. Yeah, but it's 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 the quality of the kick is what I'm referring to. It's the quality of the kick and where the kick's going. Um, the Storm very, very rarely kick 40-20s. And, and as I said, my major bugbear is that on the end of sets and last tackle kicks and last tackle plays, the kicking game, especially if the Storm is still in their own red zone, is the... The, the kicks aren't deep. They're always sort of midfield bombs as like, or as I said, they're, they're going... They've got the trajectory of finding the fullback and finding the wingers on the full, as opposed to splitting them or turning them around. Uh, and that's an area that, I, I, again, that it just it drives me insane. Uh, I know this is the first time I'm speaking about it, but again, it was just one of those... One of those things that on the weekend, Munster was putting the ball out in the dead ball line on the full. Um, Jerome Hughes was just sort of like 
lobbing it up in the air as opposed to finding distance or, or finding touch um, and, and splitting that pendulum of the opposition. So that's an area that I, I, I'd like to see improve. Um, and I don't know who the kicking coach is really down there. I know, I know, I know Cooper Cronk comes down occasionally and does some specialised work with the halves, but it, it's one of those things where it, it, it needs a lot, a lot of practice, a lot of practice. So that comes down to the individual, in my opinion, where they should be doing extras in that regard. And look, I don't want to say they're not doing it, but it, there just doesn't seem to be any improvement in that regard. And I'd like to see Munster, Hughes and Grant do a lot more work in that regard to try and improve the kicking game of the Storm. So, yeah. Um, Frank Benisi was on Dwayne... Dwayne Squad on SEM Radio, and he was talking about the disappointment of conceding 45 points first time in eight years. Let's see what Frank had to say. I'm not uh, overselling it, am I? It is a pretty big game for you, isn't it, given what happened last week? Oh, it's big for lots of reasons, but that's probably the main reason, Dwayne. Yeah, coming off our, one of our most, if not most disappointing performance over the last well, eight or ten years, really. It was really... Uh, disappointing. Uh, we expected a lot better last Sunday, and uh, to lose is one thing, but uh, to have 40 points conceded is something that we haven't done for eight years, I'm led to believe, and um, yeah, we were disappointed. So it's an opportunity on Sunday to uh, um, have a reaction and, and come back strong. Any off the back of Origin excuse? You don't have many, as many players uh, playing in Origin as you once did, do you? No, we don't. We only had two players in origin and two key players. But look, you could find lots of excuses, but I think that's what they all, they just are excuses. We, The team that we had last week and the preparation we had was good enough to, to win that game and certainly uh, do a lot better than we did. So, no, that's certainly not an excuse we'll be looking at. Let's hope there is a reaction, Frank. Let's hope. <laughs> Team list Tuesday. All right, so Melbourne Storm have selected their 22-man squad to take on the Cronulla's Sutherland Sharks as the men in purple return to Amy Park for a club acknowledgement of Indigenous Round. So whilst Indigenous Round uh, has already taken place, this will be the Storm uh, paying homage to the great contribution of Indigenous players that have pulled on the Melbourne Storm jersey um, and Nam as the Indigenous name for Melbourne uh, and the, the historical roots that go back to the First Nations people in this regard. So they will be wearing their resilience jersey, as it's known, um, and uh, it'll be a great day. I'm sure there'll be a lot of ceremony in and around that, uh, and uh, it'll be a, a great day out at Amy Park this Sunday as the Storm prepare to take on the Sharks. After failing a... Head injury assessment, a HIA in the first half of round 14. Unfortunately, Justin Ollum will be rested this week and replaced by Grant Anderson in the centres along with Remus Smith. Anderson has been a regular on the Storm team sheet during the 2023 season, appearing on the bench on numerous occasions. It will be a familiar run for the 23-year-old after taking the field for the Papua New Guinean earlier this season when he suffered a broken forearm. The rest of the team remains unchanged, so an opportunity 
for the players that were involved in the diabolical display against the Cowboys to atone for the effort of last week, or lack thereof. Uh, with Cameron Munster and Harry Grant continuing to back up after Origin with a win uh, last week, whilst Kane Bradley and Marianne Seve had once again made an appearance on an extended change interchange bench. So let's have a look at the team, shall we? Nick Meaney, uh, who I thought was a bit of a bright spot in a very disappointing performance. Um, he's been a he's been a, a constant, consistent player for the Storm this year. Um, so safe as a bank at the at fullback. Will Warbrick and Xavier Coates on the wings. In the centres, Remus Smith and Grant Anderson have been named. In the halves, Cameron Munster and Jerome Hughes. Up front, in the front row, we have Tui Kamakamitha and Christian Welsh have been named in the front row at prop and Harry Grant is at hooker. Trent Laero and Elisa Katoa and Josh King are the back row. On the interchange bench, we've got Bronson Garlic, Aaron Penne, Nelson Asofa Solomona, and Tarek Sims is in Jersey 17 after playing a few weeks in the Host Plus Cup to build his minutes and match fitness up. On the extended reserves list, we have Tyron Wishart, Sue Falongo, Marion Seve, Kane Bradley and Tom Eisenhuth. Obviously, that will be reduced to 19, 24 hours before kickoff, and the final 17 will make up an hour before kickoff on Sunday. Now, looking at that extended squad, or the extended uh, 22-man list that's been named, two names again stick out, one being Tom Eisenhuth, the other being Marion Seve. Now, why Seve? Now, Grant Anderson has been named at centre, but it wouldn't surprise me to see Marion Seve, who's uh, a good defensive centre, take on the role uh, of Justin Ollum. Uh, And he's going to need to because if we look at the Sharks team, they've got two big blockbusting, strong centres in Jesse Ramian and Sia Talakai. Um, and Ramian will be virtually running at uh, Grant Anderson, or in my opinion, I think Marion Seve will be will be uh, taking the field there. So he'll have his he'll have a, a job on his hands to, to contain Ramian and, and, and shut him down. Ramian is very, very strong, very, very underrated ball. Ball carrier um, has a great deal of strength, um, both in defence but also running the ball as well. So he will be a handful, uh, and we know what Telekai can do. Telekai is just a game breaker. Um, so it'll be a, a big task for Remus Smith, who look I believe is up for the challenge defensively. Smith, from a one-on-one perspective, is very very good. Um, so. The Sharks do have a lot of strike. Speaking of, let's have a look at their team list. So Will Kennedy is at fullback, who's having a great year, uh, the number one for the Sharkies. Uh, Sione Katoa and Ronaldo Molotalo are on the wings. Jesse Ramian and Sia Talakai uh, in the centres. In the halves, Matt Moylan and Nicholas Hines. So former Storm player coming back home. 
for the second time. Uh, obviously, he has played against the Storm last year when he did return. Um, in the front row, we've got Oregon Kafusi and Royce Hunt with Blake Braley, who was called into the New South Wales Origin Camp um, as 19th man. So he'll be full of confidence after being in camp and being around um, those high-calibre players. So uh, if he gets his running game on, especially if the if the, the Sharks get a bit of momentum through the middle third of the field, he, he can be a real danger. Uh, very, very crafty and very nippy in and around the ruck area. Britton Nakora and Teague Wooten are the second rowers with Dale Fanukin, another much-loved and admired Storm player returning to Amy Park for the second time. Uh, on the interchange bench, Cameron McInnes, Wade Graham, Jack Williams and Braden Hamion ULE are on the uh, make-up the 17. On the extended reserves, they've got Braden Trindle, Connor Tracy, Tom Hazelton, Daniel Atkinson and Jess Colcahern. Colcahern? Oh, apologies if I'm uh, not getting that uh, that pronunciation right. I'm pretty sure it's Colcahern. But, um, yeah, um, young middle forward, uh, prop forward, I should say. So where, where did the dangers lie with the Sharks? Well, they're back five. So what I mean back by back five, they're, they're outside backs in Kennedy, Katoa, Ramey and Talakai Mulatalo. Um, that's probably one of the best back lines in the NRL competition on its day. When it fires and clicks, they are almost unstoppable. Their wingers are probably the two best finishers in the game. The way they can complete and finish tries on the end of shape is very, very scary. Um, both Katoa and Mulatalo know how to score a try and finish uh, a great deal of lead-up play and shift um, when the Sharks do do go wide with their shape. So that's something that um, that's something that Hines will be looking to exploit. He'll be looking to exploit those edges. He plays on both sides of the ruck, and he loves playing short sides. So I'm sure the Storm will be doing their homework on Nico, but you can do as much homework as you want. At the end of the day, trying to stop it's another thing. So they're going to have to really, really have to work hard that regard to to limit his time and opportunity and a best way to do that again not have retreating defense but also making sure that the storm are winning winning the ruck and aren't on the back foot so getting that ascendancy through the middle which means that the likes of welsh kemikamitha king penne Safa Solomona and Sims are going to have to really, really lay a very strong platform right from get-go. So the start of this game is going to be imperative. Uh, we saw last week when the Storm missed the jump uh, and were behind um, on the scoreboard straight, straight away. Um, that that can't be the case. They, they need to start very hard and fast against the Sharks. Um, and after, again, last week's disappointing performance, hopefully the mindset is right for that. So where did the dangers lie for the Sharks? Again, their back five are, are basically like forwards. They really, really start their sets off really, really well. Kennedy's a live wire, um, can turn something um, out of nothing. And Katoa and Mulatalo has... They start their sets off really, really well on kick returns. So, again, I spoke about the kicking game being very important for the Storm. If they're virtually just throwing the ball and saying, here, do your best, well, 
again, that's gonna that's really really gonna play into the Sharks' hands because if you've got two wingers that are starting the sets off very well, then the likes of Kafusi and Hunt, um, and Williams and Ueli coming off the bench, they're just gonna ha- they're gonna love it because they'll be taking a hit up and they'll be they'll already be in the Storms side of halfway. So they'll get into good ball very, very easy, and then the Storm are going to be retreating on the back foot again. So, again, really, really trying to limit the back three of the the Sharks specifically um, because they are such a handful and they do start their sets off so well, which helps really helps generate momentum through the middle third of the field. So the Storm are going to have to be on their guard for that. So fingers crossed they are. Otherwise, it could be another long afternoon. Let's hope it's not. Yeah, a bit of storm news around, so some good news. Let's let's get some positivity going, shall we? So 2023 will go down as a milestone year for rugby league in Victoria with a record number of players joining local competitions around the state. So the Storm have now over 4,500 registered footy players and that's across the men's, women's and junior competitions breaking the previous 2019 record, so pre-COVID, of 4,431. So that's fantastic. So with 30 Melbourne, uh, Melbourne Storm, NRL Victoria clubs across Victoria and more than 250 teams in metropolitan competitions playing in the Storm Premiership and the Storm Junior League, the game has seen record growth statewide, which is absolutely fantastic throughout the entire state of Victoria. So we're not just talking Melbourne, we're actually talking in rural and regional parts of Victoria as well, where the game is picked up. Uh, look, Look no further than Geelong, Geelong's Geelong Sharks have started this season. Um, but then going further further out, which is fantastic as well. So the players also have joined um, over 1,000 registered volunteers, 99 referees maintaining the game's smooth operation both on and off the field. So kudos to the referees for ensuring that, again, there's the games are being officiated. And over a thousand registered volunteers. So we're talking about people that are taking time to volunteer their hard-earned, I suppose, time away from family, from work, from friends, from loved ones, from a social life to give back to rugby league. I think that's absolutely fantastic. And for someone who myself, um, I was involved in junior rugby league. Um, in a coaching capacity for the best part of 11 years um, and to see the amount of people that actually just put their blood, you know, their hard-earned blood, sweat and tears into making a junior rugby league club successful, um, I know what it's like and, and the, the, the reward that comes from that. So we're not only just talking about coaches, we're talking about managers, we're talking about trainers, we're talking about ground officials, ground managers for the day, the people people working in the canteens, people manning the barbecues, people setting up and uh, marking the fields, putting the goalpost pads on. I mean, anyone who's a volunteer in that regard, um, you're doing an absolutely tremendous job and congratulations because 
the growth of rugby league does not happen without you, the volunteer. You are the lifeblood of this great game that we love, the greatest game of all. The growth has also seen female participation increase by 43%, prompting five clubs to field teams in the women's first grade competition this year in NRL Victoria, providing more opportunities than ever for females to play rugby league in Victoria. NRL Victoria General Manager Brent Silver shared the news, particularly highlighting the hard work involved from grassroots communities behind the scenes. Silver said, It is exciting to see record numbers back out in community rugby league clubs playing in the Storm Junior League and Storm Premierships across the state. This is an incredible achievement of record registrations at community clubs and it is a testament to the resilience, persistence and passion shown by volunteers across community uh, after some challenging times through the pandemic and it is certainly and would not have been possible without their efforts. The significant jump to reach record junior numbers and female participants highlights the work being done in the community to make a game for all. It's not too late to sign up for your local club. So if you are listening to this podcast or you've got friends and family, um, young kids um, that are interested in playing junior rugby league in Melbourne and uh, throughout the state of Victoria, simply go to www.playrugbyleague.com slash register to join now. So the more kids we can have playing rugby league and sport in general, the better. Now, I'm sure majority of Storm fans would have sent an article um, which virtually was insinuating through the News Corp press that Ryan Pappenhausen is due to return to play in a matter of three or four weeks. So it was reported by Dean Ritchie in the News Corp press, the Daily Telegraph, um, citing that he had spoken to a friend who he referred to as a source, saying that Pappenhausen would be returning to play three to four weeks and most likely through um, the Queensland Cup, obviously through the feeder situation with um, the Sunshine Coast Falcons. So, which uh, I know got a lot of Storm fans up and about and excited, uh, and rightly so. I mean, we haven't seen Pappy for the best part of almost 12 months now. It's coming up to 12 months in July when he did sustain that horrible fractured patella. Um, so, yeah, I, I, like myself and, and like all of you, I, I saw the headline and thought, oh, absolutely fantastic. But it was um, it was quickly shot down by Ryan Pappenhausen, saying that um, he admits that there's still a way to go before he's back on the big stage, but he is hopeful of a finals run. And that might be the gateway to his awaited return from injury. So he's not, um, he's dismissing the report. He virtually went on to social media and called out Dean Ritchie uh, for the lack of, uh, shall we say, source and credibility of the article. Um, So that puts that to bed. So again, 
whilst we're all waiting for Pappy to return, the consistent message from from Pappenhausen and the Storm has been that he he'll he'll return when he is ready. So there is no definitive timeline. Um, again, wishful thinking. I, th- I think I oh, weeks ago. I think I said that you know, uh, in, in a in an ideal time frame, when he was returning to running, you do a preseason, which is the best part of six weeks. They would have put load into him. Um, I was envisaging that he'd be back after the buy, which was coinciding with round fourteen. So that's how far I was off and wrong in terms of. Um, his predicted comeback, and a lot of it comes down to not the fact that he isn't running or not the fact that he's not doing strength work or weights or he's doing all of that. He's ticked, he's ticked all those boxes. He's still working and, and building up his lateral movement and, and, and turn of pace and changing direction. Um, the major issue is the deficiency in the quad. So the quadriceps... Uh, so the muscles in and around the knee and above the knee, he needs to be stronger, he needs to be bigger. And at the moment there is a deficiency in that because of obviously being off the leg for such a long period of time, you lose a lot of muscle tone. And you've got muscle memory, but due to the fact that he didn't use the leg for such a long period of time, and he is a very slender um young man to begin with, which means that he didn't have a lot of meat uh, and a lot of muscle in and around his quads anyway. Um, that's that's what's holding him back at the moment. So it's not a fact that the knee is not where it should be. The knee's fine. The knee's recovered. The the patella is recovered. Um, again, he's, he's running. He's running on land. He's doing all the sprint work, he's doing all the weights in the gym, so he's doing his squats, he's doing everything that's virtually compromising and, and putting the knee in a difficult position, it's responding of, It's responding in kind. So there's no issue with the actual knee itself. It's the muscles around the knee, the quadriceps specifically. So there is a deficiency in where the strength is of the quad, there's a deficiency of the size of the quad, and that's something that he's continuing to rehab and build up. Um, so Pappy actually took to his social media uh, and had this to say. I feel like it's easier just to talk about it, but um, still doing testing. And, yeah, three to four weeks would be an absolute miracle. So um, I'm back running lightly and, yes, yeah, so a good block of running, change of direction, um, and then back into footy skills and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's still a while away, but goal is to make it back before the finals. And, yes, we'll probably have to come back through Queensland Cup. So, yeah, there you go. Straight from the horse's mouth. So, again, the the, the goal for Pappy is to try and get back before finals. Um, and well, that's about 12 weeks away. So... Um, we're talking about three months. Um, if you can get back sooner than that, then fantastic. But it's all going to be down to the deficiency of the knee and getting uh, the muscles around the knee and getting the quadriceps 
uh, up to where they need to be in order for him to return to play. So Godspeed on that regard. Happy. And another shout-out to our Melbourne Storm Jersey Flag team who uh, has extended its streak of narrow victories in the Jersey Flag New South Wales Rugby League competition again, holding on for another 22-20 victory against the South Sydney Rabbitohs last Saturday afternoon. So despite battling a number of injuries following what has been a tough three-game stretch of fixtures against sides sitting in top inside the top six, the Storm continued to get the job done to now make it four wins straight. And get this, after sitting on the bottom of the table at the start of the season, have now moved into fifth spot. So well done to the young Stormers. Well done. And fantastic, fantastic work. So these these guys, I don't know if any of you have had the opportunity, but if, if you do, go to the NRL, Vic, uh, um, Instagram and Facebook, uh, and look at the highlights, um, and even the New South Wales Rugby League uh, website. They've got the highlights of um, of these games, and you could just see the continuity, the cohesion, the confidence that is now there that wasn't there, you know, ten weeks ago, which is fantastic. So you can see a real bond building. You can see that that connectedness amongst the players. Um, yeah, and. It's amazing. It's amazing that they've won four in the trot against highly fancied opposition from good systems. Um, so it's going to show that this Melbourne Storm Academy um, that they've they've established, this is going to be a byproduct of, of exactly that. So what um, what Matt Duffy is doing and and what Jason Rolls, who's returning to the club as we spoke about last podcast. Um, that'll be their baby. That'll be their opportunity to really, really see this junior representative program from SG Ball, Harold Matthews, uh, into Jersey Flag, the under-21s, um, really, really start to dominate in years to come. So, yeah, congratulations to the Young Stormers. Uh, you're doing very, very well, and, uh, yeah, we're all behind you. It's great to see. So, quick injury update. So, it looks like Jack Howarth has returned from his shoulder injury. Whilst he was not named last week for the Sunshine Coast Falcons, he did feature. He did feature and play in the game. So there was concern in and around his shoulder, but it looks to have not has been um, as serious as the, as first thought. So it's good to see him return to play. He has not been named again in the Sunshine Coast Falcons team this week, but that doesn't mean he won't play, specifically when he did uh, play last week, and he has been cited uh, at training for the past fortnight. Um, so it's great to see young Jack Howarth um, return. Um, I know the Storm have put a lot of work into him, 
Um, and obviously they've invested a lot in him as well. So um, it would be great to see him debut before the year is out. So we'll just uh, we'll just keep an eye on that. Uh, it looks like Alec McDonald uh, is also returning from that elbow injury, which has sidelined him since um, well, before the Anzac Day game. So it, uh, let's hope uh, Alec McDonald can get back on the field as well uh, and back force his way back into the first-grade team because his leg speed off the bench for a middle forward is um, a really, really good point of difference for the Storm, um, especially when the uh, the middles are starting to fatigue. So that's two players that um, that are back from injury. So great to see. Great to see. <laughs> Well, that's it for this week. Thank you for listening. Uh, Looking forward to righting the wrongs of last week against uh, a very disappointing outing um, and and really turning it around against the Sharks back at Amy Park this Sunday, Um, who the Sharks themselves will be very, very desperate for a win after dropping last week against the Broncos, which was a high-quality game. So... They'll be coming to town for an ambush. They'll be wanting the two points, um, and it will be it will be a, a, a real arm wrestle. Uh, I think this this there could be a lot of points in the game, um, but it also could be a very dour affair. It's it's depe- depending on the mindset and the attitude of both teams. So, um, it, 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 I I, th- I think it has the makings to probably be one of the best games of the year. To be honest. Um, especially afternoon, Sunday football, dry track, hopefully dry track, depending on what Melbourne, <laughs> Melbourne weather is doing. But, um, yeah, it's um, again, it's, it's an opportunity for the Storm to bounce back, and they're going to need to because um, performances like that last week, I know are few and far between, but they really, really need to come out and make a statement. More so the fact that they need to really try and continue to maintain... Um, shall we say, um, in touch with, with the ladder. So at the moment, the Storm are currently sitting sixth um, on 18 points. Now, this is how close the competition is. The Panthers are on 20 at first. The Broncos are on 20 in second. The Rabbitohs, who are equal with the Storm, are in third on 18. So you've got five teams on 18 points. That's how close this competition is. So you, you drop a game, you could be out of the eight, depending on what's happening beneath you. So already this weekend we know that the Titans have won, which has moved them them up to nine. They're on 16 points. So they're only two points behind the Storm. Manly defeated the Dolphins tonight. So the Sea Eagles have jumped to 17 points. So, yeah, the Warriors uh, defeating the Raiders as well has sort of helped um, the Storm in that regard as well. So the Raiders actually sit seventh but behind the Storm, um, primarily on for and against. So the Storm have a negative difference of one. So not only do they need to win, they need to start banking some points. Not saying they need to go out and score 30 and 40, 50 points, etc. But they really, really need to start dominating in their games rather than just winning 
by two or four points as well because it's one of those situations that the way the the, the competition is so close. Like I think they said, this is the clo- closest competition since 1933. That's how long you have to go back. So when you've got five teams on 18 points, virtually all equal second, but obviously the they take different positions on the ladder due to their for and against. It is going to come down to for and against. It is going to come down to for and against. So at the moment, the Storm have scored 250 points for the year, but they've conceded 251, hence the negative one difference in for and against. So that needs to that needs to change. So the defence needs to get a lot, lot better. Um, and if it does improve and you can start to concede less points per game... Um, then that's obviously going to help the for and against in that regard. So a win would uh, would see the Storm join the Panthers and the Broncos, uh, both who have a game in hand, uh, I should say, as well. So if the Panthers and the Broncos do win their games respectively this weekend, they'll go to 22. So the Storm need a win to go to 20. So, that again, it's really about trying to maintain... Um, that touch with 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 the, with the top teams that are going to be sitting in first and second respectively, um, and yeah, it's 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 you drop a game, you could be out of the eight. That's how that's that's how close this competition is. So it is it is remarkable in that regard. So yeah, uh, let's hope a uh, a storm win this week um, against the sharks. Um, should be a highly entertaining game of rugby league. And uh, let's hope the boys in purple get the job done. Um, I'm anticipating I'm anticipating a storm win. I, I think a bounce back factor will be there, but I'm not confident if I'm being brutally honest. Uh, I saw some real concerning signs, as I've already made mention to, in terms of the retreating defence. Last week, uh, I want to put that down as a as an anomaly, as a one-off, and that they'll be looking at the review and, and trying to trying to change that. Um, and fingers crossed that they do. Uh, otherwise, it could be a very long afternoon with Nico just tearing us to shreds, uh, especially specifically down the uh, the tram lines and the edges. So, come on, boys, turn it around. We do not want to see Belliac go nuclear um, again, and let's hope that putrid is not a word that ever gets thrown around again by the Storm coach. Go Storm.